Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Monday, July 5th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And we're finally here, Coach. Game one of the NBA Finals. Hope everybody had a great 4th of July. And now we can return our focus to the finals. Are you ready? I am absolutely ready. I'm excited for this finals. I think it could be a really good series. And uh, just, you know, the question burning for everybody is Giannis, is he going to play or is he not going to play? So that will have a big determination on on the series. But uh, it's going to be exciting for sure. It's two teams that haven't been there in a long, long time. And uh, that always makes for a fun situation. Yeah, there's one city and fan base that's going to go wild here with a title that they've been looking for 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 a long, long time. And as you pointed out, as we were chatting here before the podcast, the numbers are moving in Phoenix's direction. The series price on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor, is now Phoenix minus 195, Milwaukee plus 165. And game one has now moved up to Phoenix minus six, with an over/under of 217. So, does that solidify in your mind that it's about 99% that Giannis sits game one? Yeah, and again, you know, I, I voiced my opinion on the, you know, the the series preview podcast I did over the weekend. And I just, I don't think Giannis is going to play. I just feel like, you know, that in injury series. was pretty bad. It looked bad. Yeah, I really do. I think he sits now. I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I can't say that that's based on anything I've read. I just saw the injury, <clears throat> you know, saw the, the ramifications from it. He didn't tear anything. But, you know, the way how athletic he is and how much he depends on that, I just don't know if they want to risk his career to come up with something like that happened to Kevin Durant in the finals. And, you know, the microscope is on. Uh, the league, you know, for pushing guys out there when they're not ready. They've taken some heat for that. And I just don't know if if, uh, they want to risk that. He's a young man. And, you know, if he rehabs and rests correctly, he could be 100% perfectly fine. But if he pushes it and something does go, you know, you're looking at a year, year and a half off like it happened, you know, with uh, the Golden State guys. You know, it happened a couple of their guys. So, you know, I what I thought was for sure he'd be out for game one is definitely there. The line has moved from an opening of four and a half all the way up to six. And that 217 number is also a little low, which, again, you know, without uh, Giannis's uh, input into the offensive side of things from the Bucks, that makes sense. But the thing that alarmed me the most, Andrew, was seeing that uh, drift up on the series price. So I think people are assuming that the Suns jump out to uh, a quick lead in these games if Giannis does come back later in the series or if Giannis is out altogether. You know, when you're talking, you know, you're having to lay two to one on the Suns here with a Bucks team. If they had Giannis, I think this series would be a pick 'em. So it's uh, that's that's what I'm thinking. So anything we discussed today in Game One uh, certainly will not include any Giannis whatsoever. If we get shocked by some news, we'll certainly give some updates, but I wouldn't expect it. 
Yeah, if Giannis were fully healthy, I'm with you. I think the series price would be close to a pick We look at what these teams did in the regular season. They played two games, and they were both one-point games. Phoenix won both of those, one of them in overtime. So these teams were evenly matched with Giannis out there. So let's get into the Milwaukee side as the visiting team, as we always do. You, You can break down Milwaukee for us. We'll go back and forth there a little bit. Then we'll hit Phoenix and try to get folks ready here for some big slates on DraftKings and FanDuel. Yeah, there's going to be some big contests. I'd recommend people, you know, get those contest reservations in ahead of time. Get that, uh, you know, don't wait until the end or you're going to get shut out of some of the good stuff. Um, all right, as far as the Bucks go, again, you know, we'd anticipate the starting five to be what it was here when they closed out Atlanta, which is Holiday, Middleton, Tucker, Portis, and Lopez. I would assume that's the same direction uh, that they're going to go. And then off the bench, we saw a big run for Pat Connaughton. He he played 30 minutes in that last game. Uh, I do anticipate he'll be their top minutes guy off the bench again, uh, but I'm thinking mid-20s possibly. Uh, Then we got a little bit of, of Bryn Forbes. And surprisingly, which was really caught me off guard, is Jeff Teague uh, played 12 and a half minutes. Now, I don't really trust the Jeff Teague play there. I think it was situational a little bit, and he was comfortable there. He played seven seasons with the Hawks. I just think that was more of a, uh, you know, timing situation thing that Coach Bud pushed that button. But uh, I think you're going to see. Forbes and Connaughton specifically be the top two guys off the bench. But I do think also Milwaukee's going to go very, very heavy uh, with their starters. Uh, I think that you'll see minutes close to 40 for most of these guys. So, you know, if we look at it from an, from this game one standpoint, we know that it's in Phoenix. And, you know, one thing I pointed out, Andrew, on, on the overall series, uh, look through was the the only thing that's statistically very different with these two teams because everything else is just so even across the board it's not even funny great coaching you know solid veterans some good young players on and on you can you can really compare these teams closely but the difference is phoenix wants to play slow their 27th pace in the league Uh, for the season and Milwaukee wants to play fast they're second now maybe not quite as fast without Giannis but still faster so when we're talking about this I you know I think we have to keep that in mind in this first game is you know is Phoenix going to be able to make it a half court game or is Milwaukee going to get out and be able to run and and fill the lanes and I don't think that it's you know, obviously nobody runs the floor like Giannis. He takes like four strides and he's down the, right. the whole floor. But Portis is no slow guy and he busts out of there and he can, you know, finish at the rim. So they're still going to push. Now, the 217 Vegas total, that makes me feel also that Vegas is favoring Phoenix here because Milwaukee does not want to play the below 220 game. Milwaukee prefers to be in the mid 220s. Uh, minimally. And that's, you know, they're, that's how they, they play it. And so, you know, that's, that's an interesting piece. So let's look at it from the perspective that Milwaukee gets uh, slowed down a little bit by Phoenix. And 
you know, that can play in or out of some of these guys' hands. And I'll be interested to get your feedback here on this uh, as we go, Andrew. Um, so P.J. Tucker, we know he's going to get big minutes. We know he's going to be an important defensive piece. Uh, he did get 10 shots up in this last game, which was a high, and eight rebounds. So his price is decent. Uh, you know, he for, was one for seven for three. So, again, Tucker is in that situation uh, that's a little scary. You could put him in as your last guy with a decent value price. Know you're going to get the minutes, but be very concerned that you're going to get enough output to make a difference. What, what do you feel on Tucker? No, I think that's well said. Perfect. I mean, if he hits three corner threes, you know he's going to get six to eight rebounds, and he might get a couple stocks, so he can hit value. If he if he goes one for seven again, then you probably don't want him. So is he more GPP than cash for you? Yeah, it depends on which site you're on, and yeah. if he's, you know, what the other four guys look like. If you're on FanDuel, um, you know, you can you can slide him in on DraftKings as one of six. A little more right. easily, uh, yes. So that it, it is a tough call, but I I, th- I do think he's playable uh, because of those minutes. And that's that's exactly what I expect you to say because I'm with you. I you know the benches aren't going to play monster roles now. Phoenix has a, a little bit more of a punch coming off their bench, in my opinion. But from Milwaukee, uh, I mean, he's going to play a lot and. You know, it's tempting even in my cash to get him in there in that last spot. So I wanted really to state that because I've been down on Tucker because he can easily go zero points. We've seen it a bunch of times, but you may need to take that risk here. Uh, Going on to Bobby Portis. I mean, he's just really stepped into the role, uh, playing with a lot of emotion. I do think, though, he's a better play when they play in Milwaukee because he feeds off of that adrenaline and that emotion more. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit tougher go, I think, uh, in Phoenix. And Phoenix has some good defenders. So I like Bobby Portis. His price has shifted now. So you got to sort of absorb that. But uh, he's certainly a guy that's going to be high on my list for that, those really important spots for the second-level guys. Um, do you have a similar take? I know we're taking a, let's go guy by guy here, man. We got to break this down because it, again, we're only talking probably 11 guys that are 12, maybe that are even possible to roster. Yeah. So yeah, are you Portis, on the Portis train? He's in play for me again, you know, last guy in, he's a little pricier on FanDuel at 9,500. Um, and I, I like the matchup. I mean, I, I expect he and, uh, Crowder to be matched up against each other. And Crowder is a very tough defender, but Portis does have a size advantage on him. And right. in the regular season when these teams met, they were both coming off the bench in both games. And Portis was 12-9 and nine in the first game in only 19 minutes, and then not as much in the second game, 6-2 and two in 14 minutes. But he can post up Crowder. He's got the size. Like you said, he'll he'll get out and run, and then it doesn't matter who his primary defender is. So he's in play for me. How will he react because this game is in Phoenix? Uh, that That's a wild card, uh, but uh, definitely playable for me. And if, if he can handle the nerves and being on the road, I think he can get it done. I'm with you. Now, here's a guy that I'm looking to fade. And, and uh, you know, here's my reason. Uh, Brooke Lopez, he, he really stepped up towards the end of that Atlanta series. But 
you know, he was a bigger body. He didn't have anybody to lean on him. Capella's an undersized center, so is Collins, and Brooke was just dominant. And I was so impressed. I think it was what really clinched the the entire series for them is Brooke said, okay, let's go back to old school. I'm going to get my big seven-foot body in the paint, bang around, hit, uh, <clears throat> hit the little jump hook, and play the role of a center, not a, a you know one of those European stretch five guys. And he did. But here's the problem. Now it's DeAndre Ayton. He's got a guy that's actually a little taller than him and certainly just as thick. And I think it causes a little bit of difficulty for Brooke. I think you're going to see regression on his usage and rebounding. Now, he may get a couple two, three threes because, you know, uh, it's a little bit tougher for Aiton to get out there and guard, guard him. But, you know, there may be a few runs when they rotate that Portis even guards him. So I think you're going to see a regression from Lopez, and he's not on my initial list. What do you think? Yeah, Lopez... Um... You know, in those last two games, obviously he was the the man in Game Five, and then he didn't do quite as much in Game Six. Uh, they did a better job of not leaving him open for lobs. Uh, that's Atlanta, and I would say my my outlook right now is that he's a little bit more like the Game Six Lopez, where he's not so dominant. Like you said, Aiton is an absolute force, and in the regular season he didn't do too much against right. Aiton, you know, 10, 6, and 2, and then 7 and 5. Uh, right. He was sort of an afterthought. The problem is, again, Giannis played both of those games. And we yeah. saw in Game 5 with um, Milwaukee and Atlanta, all that usage opened up, and, and the way that Atlanta defended or didn't defend Lopez allowed him to have that monster game because there were more shots to go around. So... I think it's possible for him to to play well here. We we saw that Zubats had a couple good games against Phoenix uh, with some lobs there in the paint, and so I think he could get it done. But he's eleven five on Fanduel now, so yeah. a lot tougher to go there. He's not really that that value play. I mean, he's just below those those studs. So um, I'm thinking, you know, I'm kind of tempered on him. I'm, I'm not looking for a ceiling game. Um, and so he's he's probably not in my initial build either. Yeah, I mean they they priced him out of, out of even consideration for me. But uh, all right, let me let me bulk these two guys together because I think the series begins and ends with Middleton and Holiday. Uh, they combined for forty seven shots, twenty one for forty seven. They were eight for twenty two from three, and. Um, they're both fantastic file shooters. So I think that, you know, they're they're going to dominate. That that All that usage that Giannis gives up um, definitely goes to uh, these two guys, I think. Because, you know, Tucker's going to get a little, Portis get a little, maybe Lopez a little. But the, the general, you know, counting on to score and get it done, I think, falls on both of them. And... They're really, you know, with Phoenix, and again, we've talked about it since the first game of the season, they do share the ball better. They use more guys. They get more from their bench. But without Giannis, I personally am going to start every lineup with both Middleton and Holiday in it and make the rest of it work. You know, I I use that uh, mentality mostly at the end of that Milwaukee and Atlanta series, and I think it's a 
a wise approach. Um, I'm not 100% committed to it here in game one. Um, okay. You know, the, just the pricing, the way everything works out. It, I think it's a little tricky uh, for game one here on FanDuel. Um, I was hoping to be able to get more in at the top. But, you know, I, I want to play Chris Paul, and he's the most expensive guy on the slate. Um, I so I, I think there is some value to considering playing one or the other. Um, you know, Middleton, I think we're both expecting him to get the Bridges defense, which is very right. solid. It's it's not necessarily a lockdown situation. We saw Paul George have some big games against him, and Middleton, you know, held his own in the regular season against Bridges. So I think Middleton, you know, makes a lot of sense. But the you know the problem is if you go with both of those guys, then what do you have from Phoenix? And is that what you want? So I think it's a tricky evaluation here, especially on FanDuel. Um, I'd like to be able to play both of them because I think they'll continue to dominate the usage. But uh, you know I'm also interested in Chris Paul, so that makes it more challenging. Yeah, I you know I think uh, Bridges is fine defender, but he's young. He's learning. This is his first playoff run. Uh, you know, so I, I think Middleton is going to own him here. I mean, you know, as good as Bridges can be, George did scorch him pretty bad, and you make a good point there. And I think Middleton has even been hotter than Paul George, and I think he's strong. He'll back down Bridges as best he can. So I, I really think he's going to be phenomenal. You know, Holiday, on the other hand, it is Chris Paul, and Paul is a fine defender. He can strip the ball, but... You know how Chris Paul usually dominates the other guard? He outthinks him because he's such a veteran. He gets the angle. He gets the cheap fouls. He he does all those things that, like, a coach on the floor would do, you know? But he's not going to get away with all of that, I don't think, against Holiday because Holiday has a ton of experience. He's He's been through the, the rigors, and he knows all Chris Paul's uh, tricks. So I think Holiday's going to be, he's playing with a ton of confidence. He's really relishing the role of having to step up. This is really the, the most key point of his career, and he has been around a while. And I think, I think he does just fine against Chris Paul. I mean, yes, Paul's a good defender. He always has been. But in that sense, the dude is 36 years old. And, you know, you have to lose just a little quickness there. And I think, you know, as phenomenal shape as he's in, I still think Holiday can be fairly dominant against him. So I'm, I'm really excited for this backcourt. I, I really think uh, 100% owned for me. Yeah, Holiday, he only played once in the regular season against Phoenix in that second right. matchup. He went COVID the second game. Yeah. He, he went 25-4-8, 10 of 19 from the field. Yeah. So he did just fine. Uh, Middleton and Giannis played that one. So I could see him getting even a couple more shots into the 20s. So uh, I'd like Drew to be solid here and 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 be a solid investment. Um, you know, again, it's just putting it all together in the end. Does he make the cut? But he'll definitely be in a lot of my lineups. I'm with you. And then, you know, being a cash and single entry player, you know, I'll mention these four guys, but I'm not going to touch them with a 10-foot pole. And I know a lot of people are going to go to Connaughton. 
they're going to they're going to see the you know the eight shots the three threes the eight rebounds the 30 minutes and i get it i mean i i do but i'm just not sure that that's a sustainable number for him against a much better defensive team in my opinion so forbes uh thanasis Connaughton and teague um are not going to be in the mix for me at all. I just don't think their bench is rosterable in this showdown world that we're in. Well, they're in consideration for me. Tanas is probably not because I'm not sure how many minutes he'll get. Forbes is probably on the outside looking in because he's just not involved enough other than shooting. I mean, we you know he can grab a couple rebounds, but it, it would be Connaughton or Teague in consideration for me. Connaughton... I mean, the reason he's not your favorite as a cash player is because he's inconsistent. And does he hit his threes? I mean, if you look at the regular season matchup, it's a perfect example. In game one against Phoenix, he was 0-1-1 because he didn't hit his shots. He only had a few. But then in the second game against Phoenix, he was nine points and nine rebounds. And, you know, we saw that sort of inconsistency against Atlanta. That's sort of his game. If he hits his threes, you know, he's, he's very important. If he doesn't, then you're really frustrated because he gave you a dud. So he's playable for me, but with the caveat that he is a little bit boomer bust. And Teague, you know, he's really interesting here because he's minimum price on FanDuel, very cheap on DraftKings, and kind of came back out of nowhere with these last couple games and played well while he was out there. So, you know, 12, 10 to 12 minutes, uh, I think you could see that again. And, you know, it's certainly risky to invest in somebody playing likely that few minutes. But, you know, he makes some things work. So he's he's a GPP consideration for me. Uh, not my favorite play. Definitely risky. Um, so, you know, he you know, really it is Connaughton as the main focus for me as a as a consideration. I don't think you have to play him across the board. But, uh, you know, I like Connaughton and. And, uh, you know, I think everybody knows he's their first guy off the bench, most most minutes, most opportunity, and he plays with that confidence as well. I'm with you. All right, before we jump over to the Suns real quickly here, let me mention uh, we'd love to have you join us. I mean, we're this is our heyday here, uh, NBA Finals. It doesn't get any more exciting than that. Come and check us out here for the beginning of it. It's We have a three-day pass that's only $10.00 can sign up right at dfscoachtalk.com. And you see on the, the scroll below us here, we also have a couple of other uh, offers out there. Our betus.com.pa offer still is valid. If you sign up with them for a first deposit of $149, uh, you get two free full months, uh, all access of Coach Talk. So look at that as a possibility. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd love to have you for whatever period of time that you want to join us. So check us out on uh, at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter as well. And if you're watching this on YouTube, this is our big ask every show. We did reach our big goal this weekend and we got over that that uh, first big hurdle of a thousand subs. So we appreciate all of you for uh, tuning in and doing that. And now we're chasing after the next thousand. So uh just hit that thumbs up real quick, hit the subscribe button, and click the little alert in the top corner. If you're listening to us audio-wise, wherever podcasts can be heard, uh, same thing. Quick five-star rating and a comment. 
And we have a drawing each month for a free week membership. In fact, uh, our man Joe Stanton did that yesterday, and he's going to be announcing that uh, on Twitter and in our Discord today. So we'll have a, a nice free week member coming in there. So jump in. Uh, you know, if you do that, you'll you'll be entered in that drawing for that membership as well. So uh, we'd love to have you. We're on fire lately. We had an incredible day with baseball yesterday, uh, and we've got that going full tilt. We have we're covering three slates of uh, baseball today, and then Andrew, I, the thing I love, you know me, I absolutely love the Olympics as far as basketball goes, and I've been studying all the teams. This is when, you know, if you remember uh, way back here, I guess two years ago now, we were covering uh, the FIBA games at that time, and we had so many international people, and I got in trouble for not knowing the <laughs> the name of the coach that was who, – who, who was it again? Do you remember? I don't remember. Oh, gosh. It was it was a, one of the Russian coaches, I believe. Now I'm going to get hit again with the same <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Two years later, same folks can can ho- you know, holler at me. But, uh, yeah, we have an incredible uh, Olympics coming up, too. You saw Luca took his yep. team they're, they're first on their time way. ever. Yep. yep, they're in it, and they're just, it's going to be great. And then the NBA Summer League, uh, they already announced today all the teams that aren't in the finals. They were talking about all these first and second year players that are going to play. So I think it's going to be a better summer league than anybody thought because it's going to be pretty loaded. So we're going to cover all of that, every single slate. And so if you love basketball, you love DFS, dfscoachtalk.com is a place to come. Absolutely. Well said. All right, Coach, I'll get us started on the Phoenix side here. And we got to start the analysis with Chris Paul after that tremendous performance to close out the Clippers, 41 points, four rebounds, eight assists, 16 24 from the field. Just kept draining those threes late to put it away. Guess uh, how many turnovers? Probably like one. Zero. Was it zero? Yeah, I kind of remembered maybe you, one. How is that possible, dude? He was locked how in. Do you, I mean, how do you play at that level for that long in a game of that intensity? and go eight assists, zero uh, turnovers. We've been talking about it, but nobody realizes how incredible that is. He's I mean, a maestro. It's incredible. He's, he's tremendous, and he's really picked up his game at the right time. I mean, he's on a mission here, try to get that title while he's at the top of his game, um, and he's in a good spot right now. And like I said, he is the most expensive on FanDuel, but I'd like to have him in my lineups. I think he's going to continue to run the offense in that one matchup against Drew Holiday this year in the regular season, he went 22-7-13, and 13, 10 of 20 from the field. So, again, as, as tough as Drew is, you know, you set that high pick and roll with Aiton, and, you know, Drew Holiday's not defending him anymore. And that's why I think Chris Paul can can pay off value here. And I would like to pair him up with Aiton. Aiton, very solid against Milwaukee in the regular season. He shot 7 of 10 in Game 1, 8 for 11 in Game 2. And that's what we've been seeing from him here in the playoffs, you know, against Zubots, just time and time again with that ultra high shooting percentage, whether it's the dunk, the layup, or the baby hook. Uh, so Aiden is squarely in the mix for me as well. What do you think about that pairing, Coach? You know, as far as uh, Chris Paul, yeah, I, you know, that was one of the best playoff games. That's a top 10 performance, in my opinion. I mean, 
I, I just he was absolutely incredible in that game. It was such a pleasure to watch. And, uh, you know, I think that'll be his showcase game of his career. I really do. I mean, you can't play better than that. Shoot 67 percent, score 41 points and an 8-0, a turnover assist ratio, four rebounds. I mean, in a game to to close out, to get to a, a finals, it, just, you know, again, I can't say enough. But but here's the thing. As I say all of that to tell you I'm not 100% sold on Paul. Here's a, co- a couple of reasons why. The Drew Holiday we're seeing right now is not the Drew Holiday that we were seeing when they played them twice this year. If you remember, there was a stretch there where Holiday just looked very average. I mean, they there was a lot of murmurs. You know, he got booed a little bit. I mean, it was really bad there for a stretch. He was shooting the ball terribly, and he just wasn't himself. And then you saw that momentum building as it went as they went into the playoffs, and then he stepped up. And then after Giannis went down, he stepped up again. So I just think you know he's primed for a great series. And I think he's a, a tough matchup for Chris Paul again, because Paul's not going to be able to do the, you know, what he does to those first two or three year players that think that they can stick with them and they can't, but I think holiday does. So again, you can't play everybody with the big salaries. We'd love to say, yeah, let's play, you know, Middleton holiday Booker Aiton, and Paul, but it, it ain't going to happen. So some, something's got to give somewhere. And really right now for me, Andrew, the guy on the bubble is Paul for multiple reasons. I think because of that last game, he's going to be a little over-owned because everybody's thinking the same thing. He's locked in. He's playing the best of his life. He's playing very well, but he's got a tougher defender. He is 36. He's, you know, there's got to be, he's going to need a little more rest in games. I think you're going to see him 32 minutes, 33 minutes, as opposed to, the young pups like the Bookers that'll probably play 10 minutes more, 41, 42, 43. So that, you know, weighs in for me as well. Uh, and I'm not saying by any stretch he's not a bad player, even as your captain. But if all the big dudes right now, he's the guy that I'm I'm thinking might be the guy that is the last guy out. Okay. Well, I think, you know, the, the reason to fade him is because you want to pay up and get other other strong plays out there. Um, Correct. I don't think he's going to play 32 minutes, though. I'd be shocked if he plays less than 36. Um, he only played 34 in this last one, yeah. and that was a closeout game. Well, it, I mean, they didn't need him at the very end, you know, And but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, Booker did play bigger minutes. You're right. I, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to play more minutes than Booker. Um, I just think he's going to be ready to go for as much as he's, you know, feeling strong. Um so let's transition to the other starters here, Booker, Bridges, and Crowder. Okay. Booker, um, he's he's the X factor for me because I do want Paul. Uh, Booker, right. in the regular season, he was strong against Milwaukee, but P.J. Tucker did not start either of those games. Um, we had Dante DiVincenzo starting both of those games. We know he's out. I think Tucker's going to start. I think Tucker's going to defend Booker. Um, and you know, if they play man, when you've got Booker one-on-one against PJ Tucker, I don't, again, I don't think Tucker is going to completely wrap him up and make him shoot, you know, five for 20, like 
Beverly did. Uh, I don't think it'll be quite that in, intense of, of defense. I mean, nobody can match Pat Beverly, right? Um, oh, my gosh. He was so quick and in his face, he, and he's quicker than no, Tucker. No, literally in his face. Yeah. He busts right, right. his nose. <laughs> exactly. But Tucker, you know, also has great strength and a little more size. So it's a, it's a different look for Booker. Um, you know, so my initial uh, look here is probably to fade Booker in my primary lineup because I do want to go with Paul. And then with Bridges and Crowder, um, Bridges is 1500 cheaper on FanDuel, which is enough to get him in some lineups for me just because of the price discount. But, yeah. you know, he's not my favorite play. He's been a little inconsistent lately. He hasn't been getting as many shots. So that area of the lineup, you know, is really not my favorite. It's really a last guy in uh, if you're going to look at Bridges or Crowder for me. What are your thoughts on the rest of the Phoenix starters? Well, I, you know, I think personally Booker's going to see some Middleton defense. So it's we have a little bit different takes there, but he'll probably get some PJ as well. Uh, I just, you know, I think Booker is he's more of the silent assassin. If you, if you saw all the rigmarole after they won it, there was just so much more celebrating. And, and I like to watch this kind of stuff. You know, Paul was great. Great celebration, going nuts and eating and dancing and all that. Did you notice, though, Booker was reserved? He sort of stood in the background a little bit. They had to pull him up to the mic. He His first comment was talking about that their mission isn't done yet. They want to go after this next one. He has that Kobe uh more than anybody other player, I think Kobe was really tight with him. And he has that Mamba mentality where he doesn't lose focus on the big prize. Because you you asked Kobe in his heyday, and he said it right out, you know, when they lost in the finals, he looked at that season as a complete failure. It, it doesn't count just to get there. Now, you know, that's the other thing you got to look at here a little bit. Yeah, Paul wants to win one, but you know the monkey that's been on his back for 16 years? He never got to a final, and he took so much criticism. Best player in the history of the game that's going to the Hall of Fame, never got to a final. Well, he's in the final, and you could see some of that relief in all of the interviews and after the game, and that's, again, what you get with us at Coach Talk here is a little bit different that you're going to get from other providers. We don't dump everything into an optimizer, crunch out the numbers, and play everybody at those percentages. We watch everything. We watch the interviews we're watching after the game. I want to see body language. I want to see reactions. And this is one of those scenarios where this gets that unweighed analytic statistic, if you will. And I think Booker is mega focused. I think whether it's PJ, who's quicker than, or Middleton, who I think he can get some threes with step backs against, I think he's locked in. And I think Paul knows I mean, he said right out the reason he came to Phoenix was because of Devin Booker. And I think they go to Booker. I see him getting up 25 to 30 shots. And, you know, that Mamba mentality, carrying that out, uh, just it pumps me up for it. And I think all of those factors come into play. And I don't think he'll be as highly owned as Chris Paul based on everything you stated, which is valid. And, you know, the momentum of the way things are going. So, I'm I'm really feeling good about Devin. Those uh, those are great comments and insights. You know, I was looking at some of those same things. I love his mentality, his focus, the fact that he's not satisfied yet. 
could Chris Paul be ultra satisfied here and celebrating that he's made it to the finals as the big monkey off his back, possibly? Um, you know, and if if I was going to roll the ball out on the wing and say I need somebody to make a three here, would I pick Chris Paul or Booker? I'd pick Booker. Guy is tremendous. But, you know, the other thing that I always circle back to with these guys in this this playoff run is Booker's not going to get the ball most possessions down the floor unless Chris Paul decides to pass it to him. And Chris Paul's first look is, let me run the pick and roll with Aiton and see what happens. And they've had so much success with it that Booker has been the the next option. He has not been the first option. And, you know, it's not like Booker has some tremendous matchup where they want to just have that be their first first look every time down the court. So that's that's the main reason I go back to Paul. It's not because I think he's a better scorer than Booker. It's just because he has the ball in his hands, and he's so fired up right now. His mentality is, you right. know, go for broke here, go for the title. And he has ultimate confidence in himself that he, when he's running that pick and roll with Aiden, he's going to make good things happen. And so, so that's why I lean Paul here. But, um, you know, again, Booker is cheaper on FanDuel by 1500 He's only 200 cheaper on DraftKings. Um, but, it, you know, no matter what, it's going to be a lot of fun to see those two guys, um, you know, going for that first title. Yeah, I want to expand on one thought you said there because it is massively important here. You know, Monty Williams is a terrific coach, and he identified right away, just as the Mavericks did and other teams that played the Clippers, that they can't defend the pick and roll. Zubats is too slow. When they put him in there, they go small. Then they're too small to defend it. So there were teams that came in front of Phoenix that had no answer for that pick and roll. I think Miami or Miami, Milwaukee can do a much better job with it with Lopez, Porter, and some of that rotation. Coach Bud's a good coach. He knows that that was their bread and butter play. And I think that they're not going to completely take it away. But I think you'll see about 50% efficiency compared to the last couple of series uh, where they were able to really attack that weakness. So in doing that, if that pick and roll is switched properly, if they go under it, if they double it, if they show it, then that is going to create a situation where he has to kick it. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, the rest of the starters. Bridges is not a bad play here either because, you know, if they take away some of that pick and roll, obviously they're going to Milwaukee's going to be favoring that Booker's probably going to get it. Bridges is going to probably be standing all by himself in the corner Nobody around him, and he's going to get open threes. The question is, can he knock them down? And if he does, he could be a fantastic value play here. I think he's – and he's going to get minutes because they need his defense. So he's a nice little wild card uh, that could be a, a nice uh, lineup rounder uh, for you. But you're right. We'll know early on with that pick and roll and how they're defending it, how effective it's going to be. And if if they take some of it away – what you end up giving up is you give up some open threes. And that's, you know, uh, Yahtzee for Booker and Bridges. Yeah, good, good point. Nice analysis. All right, let me transition to the Phoenix bench. And I'll hit I'll hit on four guys, and they'll let you follow up here on the group. Saric, uh, not looking to play him. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, 10 minutes or so to back up Aiton. Uh, campaign. Tremendous as a starter, but too expensive for me here. FanDuel, he's 10000 And, yeah. you know, he plays 16 minutes. Uh, you know, I think he can be solid. But 
Uh, just doesn't make sense price-wise for me. Uh, he's a little bit more in consideration on DraftKings at 4600 But I'd be more likely to go with Cam Johnson or Torrey Craig. And keep in mind that Cam Johnson missed that last game against the Clippers. So we saw Torrey yeah. Craig get 31 minutes, and he can get extended run because of his awesome defense. But I think those minutes will, will drop back down to you know, 16, somewhere in there, and Cam Johnson will get his 16 to 20. Um, you know, he's more expensive on FanDuel. Uh, he's cheaper, actually, on DraftKings. So that that's a place to look at. Uh, 2800 is a, is a nice price for a guy who can get shots up and um, if he's hot, you know, really um, put up a nice value on that price tag. So um, the guys that are going to miss out for me, I think Nader kind of goes back under the radar. He's gotten some minutes. And, oh, I, I do have to mention Frank Kaminsky, coach, because the funny <laughs> thing is, in the first time these guys played, they started Kaminsky to defend Giannis, and he played 35 oh, minutes. He went 14-8-8, eight, and eight. and you know now he's kind of lost his way in the rotation. They've gone with Saric a lot more. So, you know, Kaminsky not in play for me here, but it would be interesting to see if Giannis is going to start if Kaminsky gets a few minutes on him, but... For me, you know, those guys are not in the picture tonight. It's Craig or Cam Johnson if you want to get a Phoenix guy off the bench. All right, our guys behind the scene, uh, take this snippet. Andrew Hansen, Captain Frank the Tank Kaminsky. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that Frank got a, a mention, though. That's cool. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting here. I, I'm a big campaign backer. I, I think he gets the most out of his minutes. And he is uh, in play for me as as the last guy in and definitely on a GPP because I still believe that if they're going to try to win this game and it's a long series, I don't think they can extend Chris Paul more than 35 minutes a game. That's just my opinion. That's And, and Monty is so smart. He's not going to just blow him out and it's you know two games to one and he played 44 minutes a game and he's gassed for the rest right. of the series. So I think that those minutes go 100% to campaign. So I think if he gets 20 minutes, you know, the dude puts numbers up. I mean, he only played 15-41, like you said, in the last game. But he found a way to get up nine shots and seven assists. Mm -hmm. How do you do that in 15 minutes is, you know, you're involved. And he has that kind of confidence. Uh, you know, I don't expect anything massive from him. but And I wish his price would have gone back down and been fairer. He's a little too expensive for my liking, but maybe it'll go down as the series goes. But he's the one guy off the bench that I have some interest in. You know me, I always try to sniff out the trap. I think Torrey Craig is the trap. I think, you know, he did get 31 minutes and he did get eight rebounds. I think that's an aberration. I think 15 minutes tops with Cam Johnson being back and he still only got three shots up, one for three in that huge run. So, Big, big risk there. I think people will go to him because of this recency bias, uh, but I think it's a mistake. And Sarge isn't getting enough minutes. Uh, Nader, no. So really, you know, the, the good thing here is Phoenix got six days rest, full six days rest. And Cam Johnson happens to be the guy that needed the, that the most uh, because of his injury. And, I, and he's a contributor. He showed in stretches that he can uh, really help. And so if he gets that 20 to 25 minutes, I think, you know, that knocks some of the minutes away from the other guys, specifically Craig. 
And if he's hitting his shots, you know, he's not, everybody thinks he's a rookie, doesn't have any experience. You know, people don't know this, but he played five years of college basketball. He played three years at Pitt, and then he redshirted and played two years at North Carolina. So he's not a 21, 22-year-old rookie like some of these guys. He's in his mid-20s. He's seasoned. And I think he's a nice guy off the bench. I think he could be their key sub right along with Payne. And I think that might give Phoenix a little bit of uh, an edge. So if I was going to go to the bench, that's that's where I'd go. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a possibility there uh, that he could get to value and at least fill in with that last guy in that doesn't hurt you. Excellent. Well, hope that uh, helped everybody get ready here for game one. If you'd like to join us, what we're going to do for our members is make uh, three full lineups on FanDuel that you can plug and play, a full lineup on Yahoo, and then uh, two cores on DraftKings, one for your cash build, one for your GPP build. So we're recording this here Monday at lunchtime. you got a, a day and a half to jump in with us. Uh, if you want to do that, go to DFSCoachTalk.com, and then after you sign up, we'll send you an email invite you into our discord and that's where we'll give out the lineups on tuesday night we also like coach said have the baseball lineups a bunch of slates tonight here on monday and tuesday so whenever you want to jump in uh, no matter which membership you pick you're going to get access to the baseball lineups and golf uh, every act every uh, membership we have is all access to all of our sports no matter what it's called it's just based on the length of time so uh, jump in, try that three-day pass or the week pass to get going here with the finals. Uh, we'd love to have you. DFSCoachTalk.com. Any questions, you can find us on Twitter at DFSCoachTalk. You can find the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can find me at Language Olympic. And again, uh, if you haven't done so yet, please do subscribe to the channel on YouTube, and we'll keep providing these podcasts to non-members. Uh, in front of the paywall every day we have NBA. Did I cover it, Coach? You sure did. And and tune in. You know, that's why it's important to hit that alert button on these podcasts because there are some days when there's a travel day that we'll do the podcast the day before the game, like we are now. And then there's some days where they're, we're going to do them the morning of. So if you hit the thumbs up, the subscribe, and that alert button, you'll know when those posts and we're going to, you know, we're going to go in depth here. We we went long longer today, but we wanted to cover everything and it's going to be reevaluated for every game because we we have to get the update on Giannis's status, the minutes played, how those games turned out and we have a little bit different builds when it's in Milwaukee, you know, based on some other uh analysis that we've done. So, yeah, we'd love to have you join us and uh if not, you know, Check us out on here. Follow us. Let us know what you think. Let us know when you win. You can uh, shoot us a message right there on YouTube or uh, at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter. There it is. All right. Fun stuff. Uh, great to work with you, Coach, here and get ready for this awesome Game 1. You too. Uh, thank you for tuning in, everybody. And we'll be back again for Game 2 as we look to crush it in DFS.